1: You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in central Virginia.
0: From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. Tonight, Richmond City Council members are going to be briefed on an ongoing controversy regarding police transparency. Council members and the public have been demanding more details about a press conference in July where Richmond Police Chief Gerald Smith said police foiled a mass shooting attempt at the Dogwood Dell Amphitheater. But later it emerged that there was little or no evidence connecting two men to an attack at that location. Police accountability is also on this month's city council agenda. New legislation for a civilian review board will be introduced next week. Johanse Whitaker is a community organizer with the Legal Aid Justice Center. So it's been our position that civilian oversight remains of paramount importance in Richmond, uh, without which RPD will continue to please itself without any meaningful accountability. Mayor Lavar Stoney plans to reintroduce legislation to create such oversight, but what form it takes is still up in the air. The idea of permanently closing the Carytown Business District to cars is nothing new. A Richmond mayoral candidate floated the idea back in 2008. During the height of the pandemic, many cities across the country closed streets to cars and have kept them closed. As Ian Stewart reports, many locals say now's the perfect time for Richmond to do the same.
1: Doug Allen has been a serious advocate for closing Carytown to Cars for years. To add fuel to the idea, he created t-shirts with the slogan, Cars ruin Carytown, to wear at this year's Watermelon Festival. When you see something like the Watermelon Festival, where you just see how usable and how accessible it is when there's not a bunch of cars just streaming through the neighborhood. According to the Virginia Department of Transportation, more than 7,000 cars drive down Cary Street daily. Jim Bland, the owner of Plan 9 Records, says he's torn by the idea because many of his customers park close by to bring in stacks of records to sell. I just think we got to figure out the parking, enough to where people are comfortable with how far away they park. Members of the Carytown Merchants Association told VPM News there's a lot of issues to address before any permanent closure could happen. Those include fixing alleyways to accommodate for larger truck deliveries and expanding current
0: parking structures. Ian Stewart, VPM News. Virginia ranked 13th among states where COVID-19 is spreading the fastest on a per-person basis. That's according to an analysis of John Hopkins University data done by the USA Today Network, which the Progress Index is a part of. 16,908 new cases of COVID-19 were reported in Virginia last week, a decrease of about 500 from the week before. The Labor Day holiday weekend may have affected how many people could get tested and when results were released to the public. USA Today says this could impact the week-to-week comparison as well. The Richmond and Henrico Health Districts will begin offering the new COVID-19 booster shots at its vaccination clinic on September 14th. Everyone 12 years and older is eligible for the new Pfizer shot, and people 18 and older can get the new Moderna booster. Health officials say the new bivalent vaccines offer broader protection against the newer variants of COVID-19. As the Richmond and Henrico Health Districts prepare for the new doses to arrive, officials say booster shots will not be available at clinics on September 7th and 8th. Virginia State University saw a more than 28% jump in applications between 2019 and 2020. It's part of a larger trend among historically black colleges and universities. Ryan Murphy from partner station WHRO has the story. Kaseya Harris says Hampton University felt like home. She was among the hundreds of freshmen moving into their dorms at the end of August.
1: Coming from a school where it was all white, basically, and just transitioning to here, it was just really nice to be surrounded by my own people, you know, just, you know, be more involved in my culture and just really give, you know, just gave me a chance just to open up.
0: In the mid-1970s, 18% of all Black college students attended HBCUs. By 2014, that number dropped to 8%. Nadrea Joku does research for the United Negro College Fund. She says that decline started when schools desegregated and Black students had more options. But today, as fewer people are applying to and attending college overall, interest in HBCUs has ticked back up. Whenever there's doubt on the future, of our community in America, we're kind of rattled or shaken. We always turn back to what we know, and we've known HBCUs. Between 2010 and 2020, applications to HBCUs increased 30 percent. That was Ryan Murphy reporting. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast.
1: Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded.